Hi, welcome to the Guys From Podcast. Normally, two guys answering the internet's questions, but Sean is still sick, so it's just me, David R. Smith, captaining this ship once more. Sean has charged me with the task of talking about either camping or my dog, so I'm going to see if I can tie the two in together somehow. But I'm going to start with camping because, well, as of my recording this, we've just started June, and this is really camping season. I mean... Camping season for Canadians typically tends to start on the May long weekend, which for you Americans is the week before Memorial Day. So that would be uh, the third week of May. It's called Victoria Day. It's in honor of Queen Victoria. It's also called the May 2-4 weekend because it's usually the weekend where it, it usually falls on the 24th, but it also means that you buy a flat of beer and go camping. This year, well, at least in southern Alberta, the weather was pitiful. It was cloudy and cold and ended up snowing, which is fairly typical for the May long weekend. But people still try and get out and camp anyway because, well, really you can. Even if you wake up cold, at least you get to wake up in a tent or a camper or a trailer or whatever it is that you go camping in. I love camping. I don't do it as often as I would like because, well, work tends to get in the way and sometimes life gets in the way and things get busy and... It's just, it's just tough to get out. I'm hoping to do it a little bit more this year because my weekends tend to have freed themselves up in the summer, and that means that maybe, just maybe, I might be able to pack up and leave and just head down to a river and spend the night camping and then wake up and fish all day and then come home. Something to that effect. Basically what I'm saying is I'm hoping that me having some open weekends might mean that I can fish a little bit more, which, you know, kind of ties in with camping because you don't want to get up at four in the morning to get to the river at six. You want to be up at six and fishing at that point. So if I don't have to drive somewhere two hours, that would be great. That said, I think it's also a very real possibility that I will never get up at six o'clock to go fishing because I just hate mornings. I am going to take this moment to flag once again that I am recording from my own living room, which means that the quality of sound is probably worse than it usually is. And there also might be the sound of a dog jumping onto a beanbag chair or chewing a squeaky toy or whipping a rope around because those are the things she does. And she seems to be kind of hyper right now. She is a Border Collie Black Lab Cross, so you can understand why that happens. Hey, look, I'm tying the two together. Anyway, as far as camping goes, I love camping. You know what I don't love, though, is sleeping in a tent. Now, I understand that as a 30-something, I probably shouldn't be complaining about this. Last year, I got out camping once, and it was a beautiful day, the day that we got there camping. It was sunny, and we sat by the fire till, I would say, 2 in the morning, and it was really nice and just a really, really good evening. And then we woke up the next morning, and it was pouring. It was about 8 o'clock, I woke up, and there's that telltale sound of rain hitting the canvas, and it was just, you get that sinking feeling in your stomach, and it's like, yeah, this is kind of the pits. Now, we were only staying one night, which meant that I had to get up and clean the campsite, which we had left in disarray, and we had left things out because, well, we didn't think it was going to start raining, but sometime during the night, the, cloud rolled, the clouds rolled in, and the rain started. So I woke up, it was 8 in the morning. And I cleaned the campsite, and I put everything away, and I packed the truck. And the last thing I did was take down the tent because, well, why would you keep the tent? I mean, there was somebody sleeping in the tent still, so it didn't make a lot of sense for me to pack that up while I was packing the rest of the campsite. Anyway, so the final thing we did was strike the tent, and instead of just instead of folding it up in the rain, which would have been miserable, we just collapsed it and literally strapped it to 
my truck because we could. I don't want to have to do that. I would love to have some sort of camper or trailer. Now, I don't mean I need an 18, 22 foot trailer. I don't want a motorhome that looks like a bus. I legitimately don't need any of that because I don't need to have that much glamour while I'm camping. What I want is for somewhere to sit, if it's raining, and be able to play cards or read a book comfortably and know that there's not water literally running inches from under my butt. I want something, I want to be above the ground. I want to be off the ground. I want the water to be running under a vehicle or a trailer or something. That would be the ultimate. Now, I'm in theater, so I don't have a lot of money. So that means that I don't have a lot of money to, say, buy a trailer or a camper or even a tent trailer. These things are pretty pricey. Have you guys seen how much one of those streamlined trailers cost? You know the big silver ones that they that they have on um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Those kind of, I don't want to say ancient looking ones, but they're they're kind of retro and they're, they're Airstream, I think that's what they're called. Anyway, those things are freaking pricey. I just looked them up, you guys. I couldn't find any prices on the Airstream unless I go to the website and I think then I have to contact the dealer. But I went to Kijiji and looked up other random trailers, and those things are damn expensive. I mean, motorhomes cost $100,000 or something like that. I did find a sweet trailer from 1975 for 500 bucks. Now, it's a project trailer and needs a whole ton of work, but, I mean, for 500 bucks, it might be worth it, and then I could just invest in it and just kind of chip away at it. I don't think I'm going to buy it because that seems like a lot of effort, and I'd have to go all the way up to Edmonton to do that. Anyway... The idea is there. So what I'm planning or what I think would be really fun is I would actually like to convert the back of my truck into some sort of, I don't want to say, well, basically like a, a, a mobile tent. So, you know, you kind of build up the, the base and kind of put compartments underneath and then you put plywood on top and then put a mattress and then find some sort of way to make a, a, a cover. So if I'm camping and I'm in the back of my truck and it starts raining, I'm not going to get completely drenched. But that would then give me the ability to at least be off the ground. I don't necessarily need a table at which I can play cards or, or something to that effect. But I would really like something. Basically, the biggest thing is I don't want to be covered in water or have my butt wet as I'm sitting on the ground of a tent. I think tenting is great if you're pretty young. I would say, you know, 18, early 20s, that's fine. But when you get a little bit older, I don't know, it just doesn't seem worth it. The more I think about it, the more I might actually go investigate this trailer because what's the worst that could happen? I don't buy it and then it's gone. Anyway, so that's kind of where I'm at as far as camping goes. It's so fun, but the less I have to worry about actually being out in the elements, the better. Also, here in, Cal in southern Alberta, there's a lot of wildlife. And I'm not saying, like, a grizzly bear could probably claw his way through, his or her way through, the aluminum of a, a trailer because really let's be honest those things aren't super super safe but it's a lot harder to get through a trailer than it is to get through a canvas tent now i'm not expecting that where i go i mean i'm 32 years old i'll be 33 in a couple months in my 32 years and change on this earth i have seen two bears I've seen grizzly bears up in the Northwest Territories when I was there a few years back. I saw a sow and two cubs, and I saw a black bear at our family cabin, and he was across the valley and basically ran away from me. I don't think there's that. I mean, there are a ton of bears, but the 
likelihood of me encountering a bear as I'm camping, fairly nil, I would think. But it would be a little bit more peace of mind knowing that I'm going to be camping in something that is a little harder to get at than just a piece of cloth material. But that's baby steps. We'll see how that goes. Ultimately, I don't foresee myself camping a lot this year. Like I said, we've got a family cabin. I've, if I've got time, there's a really good chance I'll probably just go out there for weekends because it is a log cabin and I have everything I need there, including a barbecue and a fire pit and some running water. And there's a creek nearby in which I could go fishing. So really, there's the difference is I need to go and just spend time at the cabin. Ultimately, what I'm saying is I just really like the outdoors. Because, you know, that's kind of the way I was born and raised. And I have great memories of camping as a kid and being outside as a kid. And ultimately, if I can smell like campfire at the end of a week, I'm pretty happy, you guys. Speaking of fire pits, is there anything better than cooking food over an open flame? I mean, I guess having a nice big kitchen. Like, I, I work for a catering company from time to time. And by work for, I mean... A couple of years ago, I used to work for them somewhat regularly, and now I barely work for them because I have a whole bunch of other jobs. But I would go in to do this catering shift, and there was this massive kitchen with, like, a counter-long uh, cutting board. And that was great. I would love to have something like that at my house, but I live in about a 1,200-square-foot house, so I barely have room for anything, let alone a gigantic chopping block counter. But as far as food preparation goes and camping, some of my favorite things are hot dogs cooked over an open flame. Or, I mean, if you are so inclined, you could do hamburgers. And, you know, we, we tend to have a little bit of a makeshift grill out there, out at our cabin. But, I mean, I've been to other campsites where they have one of those round steel fire pits and you can uh, wrap the grill onto it and everything like that. So you could cook hamburgers over that, I guess. But there's nothing more, I, I guess, iconic than hot dogs over a flame when you're, when you're camping. There's just something so delicious about them. Now, I guess the, the small town blue collar in me really just feels that hot dogs are a great meal in general. And I will have them kind of any way that they are prepared. But... Having them cooked over an open flame, delicious. The other amazing meal that you can cook over a flame or in a flame or in the coals, I guess, we call them bush pies. I don't know what other people call them. Uh, basically, they're like uh, they're like a panini that you make camping. And so you take your sandwich or you take your, your bread and you put whatever you want, like pepperoni. I put pizza sauce in there and and cheese and and vegetables like onions and oh my god, just what kind of whatever you want. And you put it in this cast iron iron, I suppose, and you smush it together. And so then you cut. And so what happens is it actually creates a seal. And then you cut the crust. And then you just shove this thing right into the coals. And it's cast iron, and so it's durable. And it's really not going to do anything except cook the damn sandwich. And you cook it in there, and then you pull it out, and it's just this this little round thing of, like a puck of deliciousness. And I've learned from many, many, many experiences that you need to give it time or like cut it ha in half because 
those things are damn hot and you don't want to burn the roof of your mouth, that is just a tragedy because then you really can't taste what you want. Um, but you put them in there and oh my God, you guys, they are the best. I've had these for lunch. I've had them for supper. Hell, you could have them for breakfast. I've done before, uh, for we've done them as desserts where you take peanut butter and chocolate chips and you put those in there, but you could put peanut butter and banana or whatever you want. Guys, you need to invest in these things and you can't get the little flimsy ones. Like there's the ones you can get at, I don't know, I don't want to say the dollar store, but somewhere like you could probably get them at Walmart and the Walmart ones I think would be pretty cheap. My brother, apparently, when he was working for, um, I don't know if he was fighting forest fires or if he was working for the, the junior forest rangers, whatever it was, some sort of thing where he spent a lot of time outdoors, he had bought a pair of these bush pie irons, and he thought that they were the ones that my parents had, which are the really heavy-duty cast iron ones. Uh, apparently, they were not. They were aluminum, or I'm going to guess that they were aluminum, which meant that you kind of had to hold them over the flame as though you were cooking marshmallows or cooking a hot dog or something, so you just, like, the aluminum would heat up, um, but he didn't know that. He thought they were, like, the cast iron ones, so he shoved them right into the coals, and apparently the aluminum basically just melted all over his sandwich and ruined not only the irons, but also ruined his sandwich, so that's uncool, but if you get the really good ones, like the really heavy-duty cast iron ones, and they are beasts, then you just shove them right into the coals. You might flip them so that way it cooks evenly on both sides, then you take it out, you take your chopping block, and you give it a smack on either side to kind of loosen up the bread. You pry it open, you shove a knife in there and pry it out, and you guys will be so, so, so happy you did this. The one thing I'm going to say, and this may ostracize me as far as a camper goes, I don't love s'mores. And here's my reason why. I Okay, I, I actually quite like s'mores. I like the chocolate, I like the graham cracker, and even the marshmallow with that, it's pretty good. But what I'm going to go out on a limb and say is I don't love roasted marshmallows because I really don't love marshmallows. I find them to be okay. They're kind of tasty. But if I never had another marshmallow in my life, I would probably be okay with that. Now, don't get me wrong. I know marshmallows are valuable for other things such as Rice Krispie Squares, which I absolutely adore. But a straight-up marshmallow, if I just if I never had to eat another just plain marshmallow right out of the bag or roast another marshmallow. I wouldn't be devastated. I would probably be quite okay with it. Although I do, I do remember, uh, I believe it's a Bailey's commercial where they were roasting marshmallows and kind of pulled the, the middle out of the marshmallow and they used, they poured Bailey's inside kind of the cooked part of the marshmallow and ate it. That seems delicious, but that's mostly just the person who really likes Bailey's more than the person who really, really likes marshmallows. As far as the rest of camping food goes, I mean, I'm kind of hit or miss. I'll take whatever. I'll eat sandwiches. I mean, I've done bacon and eggs over the fire and on camp stoves and everything like that. It's fine. But really, and this is going to sound super gross, but if I was camping for three days, I could probably eat hot dogs every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and probably be fine with it. Now, when I got home, I wouldn't eat hot dogs for at least a week. But as far as camping goes, I could probably do that. I wouldn't. I would try doing other things because, you know, variety is the spice of life, as they say. But I'm not one to to shy away from the old classic. I can already tell that this podcast probably won't be as long as last week's because it's not Pearl Jam. And really, I can't talk for anything as long as I can about Pearl Jam. Maybe hockey or baseball, but 
it's a lot easier if there's other people to talk to about that. Same with this. I mean, it's it's hard to to really get into a rhythm when I don't have people asking me questions. So I'm just kind of being like, hey, I'll talk about the the sleeping situation, then I'll talk about the food situation, and I guess now I'll talk about the booze situation, which is is that not the best reason for camping? I liked camping when I was growing up because it usually meant that we would go to a lake with some friends of my parents and they had a boat. So I got to spend a lot of time water skiing or tubing or kneeboarding. Do you guys remember kneeboarding? I don't think that really happens anymore, but it was such a huge thing in the early 90s. It was so fun. I guess people have gone to wakeboarding now, which I've, I've tried doing. I'm not very good at it because as a guy who spent all my life skiing, both uh, water and snow, my hips are used to facing forward. I never really snowboarded. I never really skateboarded. So I didn't spend a lot of time, you know, being 90 degrees to the direction that I was going. And so when I tried wakeboarding, I could get up no problem. I, I was really, really good at that. But what I wanted to do is as I was up, I would start immediately just spinning my hips to basically face forward and as I would do that I would get about 45 degrees and then I would catch an edge and just bail end over end it was pretty fun to watch I'm sure but as far as me staying up on a wakeboard couldn't really do it I preferred water skiing for that reason so that was one of the reasons why I loved growing up sorry why I loved camping growing up was because I got to go on and and play just you know be in the water I got to to ski or or tube or just swim in the water now that I'm older and I'm friends with people who don't have boats, it's a lot harder to go water skiing when you can't really just say, hey, we're going to go water skiing. So what else is there to do when you're camping? Well, you drink and you chew spits and eat peanuts and pistachios. And it's all about the social aspect. Well, I love camping with one person and my dog. It's really fun and you can spend some really quality time together. There's nothing quite like going camping with a group of people. You just sit around the fire and you tell stories, and you laugh, and you you sing. I mean, somebody's always got a guitar. Generally, that's me because I love playing the guitar. But even if it's not, somebody usually brings a guitar, and you just sit, and you enjoy life, and you enjoy the sounds of nature. And if you can camp beside a running brook or a river, that's even better because you wake up the next morning, and there's that sound of running water right by your your head, as long as it's not too close, because then you come out of the tent and fall in, and that would be terrible. But there's something just so serene about getting out and camping. And it's one of the reasons why I love fishing, too, is because when I was growing up, I was a very, I don't want to say high-strung, because I wasn't high-strung, but I was very energetic and very active. And I didn't love the idea of being anywhere quiet. It just, it almost, I didn't want to say it bothered me, but it just, it, it, it kind of got to me a little bit. Now I'm so busy and I spend so much time in the city and there's police sirens and horns honking and just rabble everywhere. It's really nice to get out and just be around something that's quiet. And it's one of the reasons it's why I love fishing because I can stand in the river and just listen to the sound of the river running and the, the, the line, my fly line just coming back and forth and whipping in the wind and it's just so nice and that's what's so nice about camping is you can just you can go to bed and it's quiet you might hear the 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 crackling of the final embers of your fire and that's great or you might not he even hear that and there might be crickets or you know off in the distance you might hear coyotes or or an owl hooting or something like the sound of nature is so relaxing to me and I don't get to hear it as often as I would like and so it's nice to have that
But it's also nice to have that social aspect of a bunch of dopes laughing and just kind of playing pranks on each other and making fun of each other and, you know, just giving each other a hard time. That's, that's the beauty. And that's where the booze comes in is, let's be serious, camping is made better by beer. And I mean, I love whiskey and I love wine and I will take those camping with me, but there is something so, I want, I don't know, Canadian about sitting outside a fire and cracking a beer and just enjoying your time. Now, if any of our American listeners are listening and going, Hey, we camp and we drink beer too. Fine. That's great. But I've never really camped in the States or have camped with Americans. So I don't really know. Um, I'm going to make this lateral jump and say one of the other things I love about camping is being able to bring my dog. Scout is, well, she's a good, she's a good dog. But like I said, she's half black lab, half border collie. She's got a ton of energy. And as a result, she needs to get out as often as she can. And I, with my busy schedule, don't get the chance to do that all the time. So when I have the ability to take her anywhere, like running or or let her just run around with other dogs, I take full advantage of that. And that's the beauty about camping is she can get out and she can, I don't have to put her on a leash and she can just, I mean, oh, gazoom tight, that was her sneezing. So anyway, she doesn't have to be on a leash. She can just run because she's fairly loyal and so she just rips around however she wants but always kind of stays near and so if I can take her and and find a river and let her swim or toss a stick and she'll chase the stick and eventually she'll wear herself out which is wonderful because that doesn't happen very often you guys she has a ton of energy I'll bring her fishing with me too um which is actually kind of impressive because while she loves running in the water she's usually pretty good about not destroying a fishing hole until I tell her that she can and usually that's about 20 minutes because I'll realize that I'm not catching anything and so it's like well we might as well one of us might as well be enjoying ourselves so you just go and swim and I'll toss a stick and you know that's usually the way my fishing trips go is I don't catch anything she runs in the water she has fun we move to a different hole I don't catch anything she runs into the water she has fun it's pretty great, and typically by the time we finish a day, she's happy. She's drenched. I'm happy because she's burned off some energy, and we both got to be out in the wilderness, and that's pretty great. You guys, I don't know what to tell you beyond the fact that my dog is just the best. And for those of you who know her, you will probably agree with me, unless you have a dog of your own, which you're probably biased. And those of you who don't, maybe I'll try and write a blog about her, so that way you can see pictures of her, because she's just the best. I'm not even kidding. Um, I have taken her camping with me. There was once a couple of years ago we went out and it was kind of later in the year. I mean, the problem with camping in Canada is it lasts about three months. You can start in May if you can kind of acclimatize yourself and June, July, August, by the time September hits, it starts to get cold again. And I've camped in September and sometimes you get some really balmy nights and sometimes you get some really cold nights. And there is one week a couple years ago I went camping for a couple nights and the first night it was freezing you guys like to the point that I'm pretty hot-blooded and I don't find I get cold that often but even I was getting pretty chilly and I woke up at one point and Scout was sitting in the corner of the tent and she had a blanket that she was that she's laying on but she was sitting shivering actively shivering and I don't know any other dog owners out there will probably agree with me that you kind of get in tune with your animal. There are points where I will, I won't hear anything. I'll just kind of wake up because I know that something's awry and she'll just be sitting there staring at me. It's almost like 
you have this 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 telepathic connection. And that's kind of what happened this night that we were camping. I didn't have any reason to wake up. I wasn't overly cold because I was in my my nice blankets and and um, I didn't hear a noise or anything. I just had this feeling and just something kind of pulled me out. And I think it was her staring at me. She just does this thing where she just stares at you and stares at you and stares at you until you look at her. It's like she knows that eventually you'll acknowledge her. She does it when I'm eating. She does it when I'm watching TV. She does it when I'm sleeping. It's just like, I just know it's like her eyes are boring a hole into my soul. And I sound like I'm complaining, but I'm not. It's just, it's amazing how she does this. And she just instinctively knows. So that night I'm laying there and I wake up and I just feel like I need to look over. And there she is just sitting, staring at me and shivering. And I felt so bad for her. So I called her over and I let her in and she just jumped right into my bed or under my, under my covers and just curled up right next to me because she just needed to, because she was damn cold. And she's pretty, pretty active and and doesn't get cold easily, but she's also kind of scrawny. Like she's very streamlined. Like I keep saying she's part black lab, part border collie, but I I don't know. She's got part greyhound or whippet in her or something. Anyway, I let her in and she was, she was fine. I spent the rest of the night there. The next night she actually got too warm and then went and laid on her blanket because she didn't want to be in the, like, I just tried putting her under the covers first. I'm like, well, let's just get you right in here. And she just, that was too hot for her. And she went and laid on her blanket because it was nice enough that, that she could actually be outside of the covers and it was more comfortable for her that way. And this is the thing about camping in Alberta, at least, if not all of Canada, is that some nights it's beautiful. It's, it's crazy warm and you don't have to worry about it. And then some nights it's like, oh no, this legitimately sucks. And so that would be the, I'm kind of bringing it full circle as I'm going to wrap up here because I'm getting close to half hour and... I mean, how much longer can you guys hear me improvising about, you know, camping and dogs? If I had a trailer, I would be able to at least have a heater or something. Whereas sleeping in a tent, you don't really have that option. If it's cold outside, it's cold inside. A trailer, if it's hot outside, you might have air conditioning. If it's cold outside, you might have a heater. At least there's a little bit more of an ability to kind of balance things out and keep things somewhat warm with a tent, you don't really have that option. Also, with a trailer, I could I, I could have Scout, you know, I could put her blanket down and she could have her own little area. And I don't know, there's just a little bit, it's more like home and you kind of, you can make it your own. And it just seems like it, the, the older I get and the more I think about going camping with friends and stuff like that, the more I think, yeah, maybe this isn't a bad idea. So I don't know, have I talked myself into buying this trailer in Stony Plain? Maybe. I might phone on them or phone them and see what, what they're asking for, or see what they're thinking. But that's uh that's a me problem, not a you problem. So I'm gonna weigh my options and uh who knows? We'll see how this goes. So I think that's it, you guys. Look for us on Twitter to have a chat or throw us a topic for future podcasts. I can be found at David Ron, that's Ron with two N's. And as you can tell, I do actually take suggestions because I will talk about it because I have to. Sean is at Sean Cord. That's Sean with you. You guys all know that because you keep tweeting at him for suggestions. And we are at Guys from Podcasts, or you could always visit the Guys from Podcasts Facebook group. Uh, I don't even know if anybody's still actively posting there. I don't. I don't even think Sean does. If somebody, if one other person joins or likes it or whatever you do on Facebook, we will probably post there more. But nobody has yet, so we're not gonna. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and rate the podcast. We are available on the following. iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry app, the Player FM, Two Thumbs Up Media, SoundCloud, or you can check us out on Stitcher, the innovative on-demand podcast app. 
If you're looking for our articles or some of our back episodes of the podcast, you can find them at our website, www.theguysfrom.com. I've spent nearly half an hour talking about camping, so I'm just going to suggest that go you go out and find somewhere to camp. Find some open area, find some fresh air, find somewhere that is not in the city or the town or wherever you live and just enjoy nature. Even for a night, even for an afternoon, let's be honest. Cook something over a fire, just do that. You will be better for it. I will almost guarantee, okay? So you guys go do that. Uh, read our collective blogs. Uh, we have Tuesday Tunes on Tuesdays, obviously, because that's the name, where Sean typically posts something from basically indie groups and up-and-coming bands that he has found. Thursdays is our Throwback Thursdays. That's also usually written by Sean, but it's when we take songs from before 2000s and make you listen to those. They're all pretty great. We also have a few massive features coming up soon-ish, as soon as I get my butt on finishing my list of what it is we're making a list of. Um, And beyond that, we tend to just write about whatever when I'm not in tech. I actually do write, I promise. Special thanks to The Sweets for our wonderful opening music. You can check out their website at www.wearethesweets.com. Also special thanks to anybody who has given us continued support of the podcast. We'll get back to a normal routine soon, as soon as Sean gets better. And uh, I'm hoping that's next week, but time will tell. If not, you guys get yet another Dave Smith original podcast. This has been episode 118 of the Guys From Podcast. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm David R. Smith. Taking us out this week is Long John Lev and their song, Charity Quilt. If you like what you hear, you can check them out at their website, www.longjohnlev.com. Remember, if you have an original song that you would like us to feature at the end of our podcast, send us the MP3 or the link to your SoundCloud along with any information about your band that you would like us to pass along. We are large fans of the indie community and we want to lend our support however we can. Our email address is guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week, everybody. And just in case you guys have forgotten, the Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by nothing. Nothing, it really doesn't pay all that well. Well, I'm a living rendition of a charity quilt. Stitched from pieces of these people in these lives are built. I'll stitch back for something for the rest. But who I really am is in my best guess Who I really am is in my best guess Oh, won't you tell me who I am On both sides of a civil war Yeah, I don't really know what I'm fighting for To be better or worse, it's a definite yes But who I really am isn't my best guess Who I really am isn't my best guess Oh, you tell me who I am Smart to say
say to see if I am dumb Cause I don't look dumb, I don't sound dumb But I feel so dumb, yeah I'll take a thread, pull it out My stuff is in the air right now There's everything I am and was Flying Who I really am is in my best guess. Who I really am is in my best guess. 